Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today, I'm here with Nate Clayberg. Nate, welcome to the show. Dane, it's uh, good to connect on the podcast. Looking forward to uh, where we go with this. Absolutely. I usually introduce my guests by describing uh, who they are and what they do, sort of a, a brief overview. But for you, I didn't do that because you have a very interesting story, and I'd like to kind of hear it from your mouth. So how sure. would you describe yourself? Well, uh, I, th I think many like people listen to this or have been on this. Uh, I just kind of ended up in economic development uh, leaving a world of broadcasting and college athletics and hospital fundraising. And, uh, someone said, Hey, you should get into economic development. And I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I had to Google it, you know, as you're going through there, I understood what chambers of commerce did, but I didn't really, as far as economic development organizations. So, uh, I, I get my foray into undergraduate work, I guess I would call it in economic development, uh, running a rural economic development office in independence, Iowa. Uh, 11 communities and went through a couple of business retractions and some existing business push. But, you know, it was there that I realized there was a workforce challenge. And that was happening about, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago uh, when I started hearing companies say, you know, I can find I can find people, but I can't find workers. I mean, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, so fast forward. After there for a number of years, ended up in Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Iowa, in a regional group uh, doing uh, BRE work. And that's really, really cut my teeth and got excited about what that was because I felt like that was, that was the customer service piece of it and kind of got the entrepreneurial bug working to develop the ecosystem in the Cedar Valley region of Iowa and went on my own uh, as a consultant and ended up not by design, but working with the uh, first off the city of Waterloo, Iowa, trying to help with teen job uh, connections with businesses and then that evolved into working with uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa School District uh, to try and launch this program called CAPS, which was connecting business and industry together. And I had quite a Rolodex of people that I and companies that I had had been a part of in this area. And that has evolved in and, and I'm working in this high school program where they're taking high school students outside the classroom for, you know, three class periods each day and putting them in professional environments. They're working on projects, talking about career pathways and things like that. And as I was going through it, I said to the instructor, who's now the director, Ethan Weekman of that program in Iowa. And I said, this is a workforce development program. Uh, Cause we were exposing, we were exposing jobs and businesses and careers to students had no idea were happening here. And their parents as, as well, we were hearing this and from teachers had no idea what the work was that was going on. So now you had students thinking, well, I don't have to move away to get into this. You know, I don't have to explore other ideas. 
So that was uh, seven years ago. And we grew that from 13 students in Cedar Falls to this year, I think there's 230 uh, involved in that program. Uh, we went from one program in the state of Iowa seven years ago to now 21 in the state. Uh, and uh, last spring, I had the opportunity to, to uh, join the CAPS network, which is, I would call, uh, I wouldn't say it's a parent organization, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's the organization that's based out of Kansas City, Overland Park, Kansas, that began 14 years ago with this type of learning. So CAP stands for the Center for Advanced Professional Studies. And I was brought in to help make business industry connections uh, between education, uh, between all of our, I guess, our 102 affiliates we have across the country and, and three that are actually outside the U.S. borders. Uh, so I'm bringing a different mindset into the world of education, which, uh, Dane, as you probably have experienced and many people have experienced is when business and education try and talk to each other, it doesn't go very well all the time. Uh, and I've become that translator, understanding both sides of it. Uh, my, my mom was in education. I've sat on the school board. I've, I've had kids go through schools. Uh, so I kind of understand both sides of where that's at. Uh, so, you know, it's an exciting time uh, and a frustrating time in the world of education because we're trying to evolve what that was coming out of COVID. But also there's these demands amongst workforce, which then has put more pressures on programs like ours because businesses are like, we want to get in front of your kids and talk about our businesses, which I don't want that to be, um, you know, that it's just an infomercial for that group. So uh, I'm bringing in some different mindsets when it comes to economic development and even the education conferences that I go to. And we're talking about competency-based learning and we're talking about graduation. And I say, why aren't we talking about workforce? And I kind of get a, you know, pivot of the head of what do you mean? You know, this isn't just about getting them graduated or getting them to college, but how are we going to, how are we going to help these students uh, evolve into finding those careers or pathways or jobs with purpose, but also how can we do it in the communities that they're in? So, right. Um, that, that's in a somewhat, somewhat of a nutshell, Dane. Interesting. Yeah. That is a, a pretty wide and varied career you've had. I saw from your, I think it was LinkedIn or maybe it was your website. You, you started as a, you started in some kind of doing voiceover work or doing commercials or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, uh, my first career, as I say, uh, coming out of Iowa state was broadcasting and radio and and come to find out that it's hard to make a living paying for uh, a family on a on an announcer's wage. So uh, that's where I go back thinking, okay, that was that was my passion. And we always talk to kids or people saying, you should do what you're passionate about. And that's only half of it. You know, we talk about ikigai, which is a Japanese concept, uh, reason for being. And there's four circles, and there's you know there's circles that you know you're good at it and you love doing it. That's your passion. Uh, I still get to do broadcasting today. I do, you know, Iowa high school state championship stuff. I do local high school announcing and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the fun stuff, but do you get paid for it? And does the world need it? And if you can put all those circles together, uh, that's what we're really hoping for, not just kids, but, you know, I think all of us, you know, out there that are still maybe bouncing around trying to figure out where they're going, because, you know, I, that's the stat that comes out from Gallup every year that, you know, what is it, 25 to 30% of the workforce is actually engaged in their work. That's mm -hmm. sad to me. And yeah. that's my goal of, of working with these students is to get 
them to that point where they're not in that in that uh, majority of of being disengaged in their work. So, you know, when I was in broadcasting and uh, then evolved into selling office equipment and fax machines and advertising and going, what are you doing? And then I end up, end up in the college uh, athletic business and marketing for about eight years at Virginia Commonwealth and Northern Iowa. Um, got burnt out nights and weekends. New boss comes in. He's got different ideas. Uh, I'm out. And I discover this whole new world of community engagement, economic development, uh, community development. And that's that's what gets us here today. Right, right. Exactly. Well, since you sound like such a workforce expert, I, I think maybe I'm going to bounce some questions off of you that I have that I've been sort of mulling around in my head. Um, are we... Do you think, in your opinion, that we're we're starting too late with our kids uh, on this workforce thing? Should we be starting much, much, much earlier? Yes, I think the hard answer is yes. Uh, okay. You know, I I use the story of my daughter, who's now twenty one and a junior in college at Northern Iowa. I remember I would I would always ask, "Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And I, I think she was like two or three, and she's like, she wanted to work at the local convenience store. Uh, but it was only from 3.30 to 3.45 every day. And, and, you know, at first you're like, well, that's ridiculous. But, you know, that was a place she enjoyed going. We went there, and, you know, got a treat and got a little thing of milk and, you know, top of the world, right? Right. Uh, but I think we forget to talk to our kids about, you know, pathways through life. And, you know, as parents, we don't want our kids to grow up too soon. But also as parents, we also worry about it. You know, where are they going to go? Where are they going to be? You know, are they going to be able to afford the lifestyle they have? Are they going to be able to, you know, get into a college? Are they going to be able to pay for that college? Or how am I going to do it? There's all these things we worry about. So we we distract ourselves with, hey, how's piano going? Or how's football? Uh, how's basketball going? How's, how's club travel baseball? You know, all these things that it's easy to talk about. And especially around the holidays or when families get together, you know, Uncle Mike doesn't know what else to talk to you about other than he sees pictures of you on Facebook uh, that your mom posts playing basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, do you expect him to come up at 13, 14 and say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, he'll do that at your graduation or when they know you're a senior. Then they'll right, say, exactly. well, what are you doing next year? And a lot of times, Dane, they, they just want to know that you've thought about something. Um, I'm the worst person to ask that because I really will ask that next question of, okay, so you're going to college, what are you going to major in? And then what are you going to do with that? And somewhere along the way, there's kind of give you a, a blank stare. You know, my favorite is they want to be an engineer. And I say, well, what kind of engineer? And they say, what do you mean? I'm like, well, there's like 26 different types of engineers right there. Right. <laughs> sure. Uh, but you know, somebody told them that's what you should do because you're good at math and I've always played with Legos and maybe that's what you should do. So, uh, but yeah, we just need to start some of this a little bit earlier, but I think, uh, the challenge is, uh, when it comes to our education system, there's directions from our States, from our school boards and things like that, of these, these check box, check boxes that we have to have along the way. Um, but I also think our educators, uh, which, you know, don't get enough credit out there for, for what they have to do. And especially in this climate, what they are going through. Uh, to educate them on what's out there. How can they integrate um, client-connected projects or understanding career uh, pathways out there for a third grader? 
You know, we, we've seen this happen where we're doing some design thinking with sixth graders that they get to practice through projects. And then that opens their eyes to some skill sets. Uh, you know, freshman year, you start, you know, maybe getting out and actually explore what are some careers. You know, eighth grade, I know in the state of Iowa, they have to go through a pathway exercise to chart out their four years of high school and kind of mess around with what do you think you want to be when you grow up? Um, but how serious does that go? Unless it's required, a lot of times it doesn't get touched. But, you know, that's where I kind of put it back on on some parents and put it back on some other stakeholders that you're having these conversations. I wouldn't say, you know, firm too soon that we're going to do this, but just kind of bring it up as you're, I think you'll, you'll appreciate this as an economic developer, Dane, you know, you, you drive around your cities and there's these big buildings, there's these factories, there's these office buildings, you know, and, and you very well may have a neighbor that works in that bank or works in that distribution center or works in that factory. Um, you know, just kind of cool to, if you can engage saying, oh, what do they do there? You know, they make, they make widgets there or, uh, you know, this and that. So, you know, if you can integrate some of that conversation into daily lives with students, it's not just about school and sports uh, or, or whatever's happening with, with the weather or what they're eating or whatever, but just kind of casually bringing that stuff up. I think uh, it can go a long way. But to get back to your, your original question, yeah, we, we need to start sooner, but we have to be more strategic about it. Right. And then I'd imagine that also, you mentioned before that, you know, we want to keep our kids from leaving the area or we want them to have the option to stay in the area and continue, you know, work in the, in the area. So is there some, is that sort of relevant to this idea? You know, should we be really emphasizing the industries and things that we have in our region, or should we be pushing them to explore things that are from, you know, maybe outside of our region that they need to I'm just kind of wondering what the balance, what you feel like yeah. the balance is there. Yeah. You know, boots on the ground, economic development, you know, you hear it from your existing companies or you hear it, uh, politicians are hearing it. I need people now, you know, and that's where the apprenticeships are coming in. That's where internships are coming in. Um, and I had this conversation the other day uh, with somebody about, are we, are we pushing kids into areas just because those areas are needed? Um, you know, I'm big into, to trying to figure out and help people discover the work they're wired for. And when I got into economic development, like I said, I didn't know what it was until, you know, you take down what those disciplines are in marketing and communications and relationships. And, you know, I had Ladine Bowman, who was an instructor for mine going through my basic course saying, you can't be the expert knowing everything, but you can be the expert knowing who the experts are. And that's really where I've kind of taken hold of. This is work that I'm wired to do. So how can I help others, you know, try and figure that out? However, you know, when you've got how many jobs available in your community, um, you're trying to attract business to, to your business and industry to your community. And there's these opportunities um, with positions kids didn't even know were a thing. You know, you know, we all know what a teacher does and a, and a doctor does and what an engineer kind of does or an architect. But, you know, there's there's jobs within these businesses that we just need to expose out there and and kind of guide and educate students as much as we possibly can about what's out there that they may pique their interest in, in what can happen. You know, if you're in the middle of uh, if you're in the middle of Iowa, 
it's different than where you're at, Dane. Uh, if somebody wants to be a marine biologist, you know, right. around here, uh, yeah, we have coastal rivers that we call them Mississippi and Missouri, but you know, there's some marine biology there, but not to the extent that you probably get, you know, in the Gulf of Mexico and, and the Pacific Ocean. And then, yeah, then it's like, if that's what you're really wired for, yeah, unfortunately, they may have to look outside our communities for that. But, you know, people only know what they know uh, and only and don't know what they don't know. So, you know, you got Company X sitting in the outskirts of town that, you know, is is doing billions of dollars in business globally. Okay. What jobs are actually happening there uh, that, that you can get exposed to or opportunities or even how to start a business, um, an entrepreneurship venture, or even working remote? Uh, we just need to be able to showcase what's out there more than I think we already have. We just, we just make generalizations of, of jobs when it comes to being a nurse or a doctor or a physical therapist or a teacher or an engineer or attorney. or You can go off the basic jobs as much as you want. But there's all sorts of pathways that are out there. And I think the stat I heard the other day, so by 2035, I think it's 70% of the jobs that will exist then do not exist now, which then means there's a ton of jobs that exist today that won't exist 12 years from now. Correct. So it comes back to how, we, how are we preparing our systems to do that? And I, I buy a lot of it into some of this planning, but also into some durable skill development that needs to be important for for everybody, honestly. Sure. So, um, you know, being involved in the CAPS network, are you aware of any other regions or states that are, you know, doing a really great job of this where this is happening? It seems to happen in pockets. Okay. Um, a lot of it comes down to, to mindset. So, you know, I was at our education symposium um, in October that uh, the Aurora Institute does. And I was, I was kind of my first experience in that, that room. Uh, cause I would have people say, how's your conference? And I'm like, I don't hear anybody talking about economic development or workforce development. I just hear them talking about education. Uh, but we forget who we're serving. Um, and I, I come to find out there's these pockets, but each community has a little different challenge of where they're at. They might come to, you know, that, um, you've got some underserved populations that you're really focused on. Uh, inclusion is a big topic right now when it comes to education. Uh, you may have uh, the mindset of, of some schools. It's just about getting kids through here and getting them on to college. And then you might have other ones that it's not about college. It's about, you know, really trying to figure out how we can get them apprenticeships or internships or get them started in a career quicker. Um, it really comes down to mindset is where I found there's not really statewide initiatives. I, th I think there are governments that are trying to push that, but, you know, I can even say in, in my home state of Iowa here, yeah, apprenticeships are pushed, but we also have some key industry that I think lobby heavy because they need people now, which I don't blame them. And, and they're looking for these training programs, looking for these pathways. But I think there's also a statistic out there that says some of the biggest, uh, it's like regret regrettable pathways or career pathways do fall in some of the trades uh, and even in healthcare. Because uh, if you think back to, to uh, how are companies recruiting people to come work for them, a lot of it comes down to how much they're going to make. Right. You know, what's the, what's the dollar per hour? What's the salary? But honestly, it's like 
that that can get you for a while, but is that something that you actually want to sustain in? Uh, I'd like to see more effort put into employee retention uh, and and less on employee attraction, um, which is hard to do. Absolutely. So changing gears just a little bit, you mentioned that your job is to translate between academics and the business community. What um, what do you think gets misunderstood between the two of them, especially when talking about workforce? Uh, you know, there's the immediacy of it, um, that there's companies that need it now, especially in this climate. Um, but, you know, there's there's funny things like, you know, in, in the north here, it snows. School shut down, but people are still going to work. Um, you know, that they don't quite understand that. Um, there's, sure. there's the difference between, um, especially when we get into some of the work we're doing with client-connected projects, that businesses kind of want to do, what do you mean we have to stop in May or earlier? Uh, well, summer break. Well, we'll pick this back up in the fall. And sometimes that business is like, well, I kind of need to keep moving on it now, right? So, so there's that timing and schedule that, that can make an impact, but you know, when you look at, yeah, edu education is, it's, it's been so traditional and trying to try to change that mindset amongst education is hard because we all went through it. You mm -hmm. know, I think we all, we all revert back to it because I've seen it and I've been that person that walked in to teach a junior achievement class or speak in there, or I've been in the back of the room. And the professional almost reverts back to being the student. Like they'll say something and then look at the teacher saying, is that okay? Am I right? Sure, you know, I don't want right. to disrupt what the syllabus says or what the perceived expert at the front of the room uh, has said. So there's a lot of mindsets that, that need to shift. And we've done that by getting students outside the classroom and connecting in professional environments and having collisions with real professionals on real projects, not just simulations. And once you see that and you see students are actually can do stuff, high school students especially, it's a whole game changer. Uh, now, now students are seeing more purpose in, in school or going to school and their education, and they're excited to try and figure out how they can get going instead of just showing up to the building at 8.15 and waiting for uh, the bell to ring at 3.15 so they can get out of jail for the day and 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 cringe that they've got to come back tomorrow so you know when the business community can can, can better tell uh the teachers uh administrators board members of what's really going on that it's not just about i need your people now because i need workers but you got to really find those true community partners and i think that's where economic development can come in to be that um conduit because you're talking to the businesses and you're you, you've got the pipeline is is your K through 12, is your junior college, is your trade school, is your higher ed, you know, how do you, how do you kind of marry more of that together? Because there's also that challenge in the communities where, especially here, schools are pulling 60 to, you know, sometimes 65% of a, of a property tax base, you know, in, in this state and many others. Right. So businesses are like, what, they kind of want to see some return on investment. Right. What are we getting for our money? Right. 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 And, you know, a lot of times the schools walk into that front door of, of company X with their handout saying, hey, we need a donation to support or after prom or we got a new scoreboard or this and that or fund the scholarship program. You know, with CAPS, our mentality is going in, trying to have to have a handout, but to have a handshake, you know, coming in saying, hey, do you have anything related to your business we can work on when it comes to a project or 
you know, can you be a part of helping us with mock interviews? You know, it's, I always get a kick out of when, when teachers say, well, I got resumes and I'm like, when's the last time you did a resume? Well, it's been 15 years. Okay. Well, what if we can bring in an HR, uh, an HR director or hiring manager to actually sit and do a mock interview and go through resumes and all of a sudden they're building a relationship with them in school. You know, that can go a long ways when you're trying to, to tie you know, tie education uh, into business through what everybody is as part of the workforce, no matter if you're self-employed or have that W-2 position. Right, right. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, oh, also, I saw that you have you have a podcast. Um, that's a job, right? That's a job? That's a job with a question mark. With yeah. a question mark. So, yeah, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, that was a real purpose project in, uh, in 2022, I, I put pause this year just because of some other things going on, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to reboot it here in 2024. But, you know, I had, I had someone say, Hey, you should do a, jo- a podcast, uh, about <clears throat> jobs that no one knows what they are. Right. And my wife is a perfusionist. She runs the heart lung machine for open heart surgery. And not many people know what that is. Um, so, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that's something as it ties in and, and talking to students. And I, I, I do some, uh, you know, career coaching for families and students. And I also get into uh, some of our CAPS programs in Iowa and across the, the country where I guide them through on this pathway to purpose, I call it. So an exercise I, I, I work them through is we go through their personality type on Myers-Briggs and, and there's a listing of jobs that match up with that personality type. And the first exercise is tell me jobs you don't know. And you'll get some that, you know, get cocky and they know it all. And I say, okay, give me a sentence on what that is. You know, what's an actuary actually do? You know, tell me what that is. Um, so it's really an eye-opening experience that they see things out there they didn't know existed. So when I can talk, I started talking, I think did 44 interviews, you know, last year and you know, were they jobs that no one knew what they were? The, the, the theme kind of evolved as I went through, you know, I had a, I had a dream, uh, a, uh, what was it? A dream chaser or a dream. I don't know what it was kind of, it was interesting. Uh, and you know, a film director and marketing professionals and athletic director from college. I had somebody from, you know, from Disney, uh, but just exposing different things. I had, I had a brand, uh, what was she a brand? Branding expert that works for oh, Hilton, I think. Yeah. Hilton Hotels uh-huh. had worked for McDonald's once upon a time, but also had worked wow. for Jerry Springer. So, you know, that was a good episode. But what was interesting to me through the through all the episodes, I would say 85% of the people as they were talking about, you know, sitting in that classroom in high school to where they were at today, they all began with the job they thought they were going to be in. And as they went along, they ended up in a job. They just ended up in a job they hadn't planned on because of geography or money or family or whatever it happened to be, or, or discovered that job they were going to be in wasn't quite the job they thought they wanted to be. And then they get into that third step of, God, I need to be happy. I got to find something. For me, that was college athletics. I thought that's going to make me happy. Um, and then as it went through, you're like, okay, this isn't quite making me happy. And then it's like, how do I find the work that I'm wired for? And that's those, it's that chain of events that you go through. And that, that's what brought me here. But as I was talking to all those individuals, that was the trend job. They thought they'd be in job. They ended up in job. They thought would make them happy. And then, you know, find kind of find that job that's, that's going to give them the purpose. And, 
uh, and hopefully people listening to this, that, that you're, I don't know what stage of the bubble you're in, uh, but, but how do you go along? And for me, that was 20 years. And I share that with students and people. I'm like, my goal for you is to not make that 20 years, but make it a lot less. Uh, right. Can you happen? Can it happen instantly? I'm like, I, I would argue with that because you need some of that life experience and some of that uh, up and down resiliency uh, to try and move on and, and explore some things. But, you know, I, I go through and there's jobs I was in that I had no idea what they were or even thought about. Uh, but when you get to that point, yeah, life, uh, life gets pretty engaging then. It's fascinating. Well, Nate, this has been, this has been great. Um, you've, opened my eyes to all kinds of things that I hadn't really thought of. Um, and I'm sure that our listeners will have lots of questions for you. So is there, sure. what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah. Uh, you know, the best way probably is, uh, uh on social media, LinkedIn, um, sure. is probably the best way to get me. That's where I spend most of my time out there. Uh, I invite people to check out your caps network.org. Uh, that's our caps network, uh, our website. Um, yeah. And if you're out there and you're listening to this as an economic developer and you're like, wow, how do we get that embedded in our school or connected? Mm -hmm. Or if you're a business person listening to this going, how do I get that within education? Or you're in education and you just happen to like to listen to economic development podcasts, uh, you know, reach out. You know, it's it's is it the right answer for every school and community out there? Uh, not necessarily for everybody. Uh, it's going to fit a pocket, I think, of of finding people that are passionate about helping helping young people or people in general try and figure out their pathways beyond education and find that pathway to purpose. Yeah. Uh, Caps, Caps Network, we'd love to have a conversation and see, see where that can go. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Nate. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.